This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at Media Week magazine and our new online home, mediaweek.com.au. We chat weekly with people in all sectors of the media and more podcasts just like this can be found at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast talking television today. Dan Barrett's here from Media Week with me. Hello, Dan. Good afternoon, James. There's nothing we like better than jumping on the bandwagon for a hot show, mate. (laughs) They don't get much hotter this week than uh, Here Come the Habibs. So we're right on that bandwagon. We've got the EP Jason Burrows here with us. Welcome, Jason. And um, One of the EPs. Yeah, one of the EPs, yeah. Uh, one of the co-creators, Rob Shahady. Uh, yes. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. It's hot in here. It's uh, like a hot kebab. <laughs> um, we're pumped up. It's been a That's good That's good. So, yeah, tell us. I mean, are there many other people wanting to jump on the bandwagon? I'm sure we're not the only people. No, we've actually, I've, I've personally just wait, been waiting for your call. Waiting for <laughs> anyone's call. Rob's been a bit more in demand than me. Oh, it's been, it's been, oh, you know, just walking the streets. Everyone's loving it. Uh, social media, everyone's... Um, Channing the Lemonade line that came out of the show. Yeah. You got to do some Radio National. Did you do RN for pizza? Did I do what, sorry? Did you ever do RN for pizza? I'd imagine the not. The ABC's Radio National. Yeah, yeah. no, not much. Uh, I didn't do much promo for pizza. Paul Fennick <laughs> would have done most of that, but um, I was just an actor in pizza. And, yeah. Yeah, so this is mad. We've been doing radio and newspaper for the last two months. Like, Probably more. Australia's just been buzzing over this show, and you know, there's been divisions about it, and people... You know, coming up with their own um, thoughts and what the show's about, which is pretty silly because you don't judge a book by its cover. And they've all kind of been silenced since episode one. But mm. people it's have been in- shouting at you in the streets. Yeah, yeah. I just actually just coming to to this interview is uh, I had a guy from England. He looked like, a bit like a backpacker and uh, been in the country four weeks. And he called out to me and, and called out lemonade. <laughs> so it was quite funny. So it's just how people catch on to things. Now, I guess you guys have been working on this for a little while and lots of people have been telling you it's good, but but do you really need those first night's ratings until you can sort of, there's a bit of a sigh of relief and you think, oh, wow, this, this, this we really do have something here? Totally. I mean, as you know, at Jungle, we've done, all our shows have been, you know, for the ABC, we've done a show for Stan. Uh, we did do one half hour show way back for Channel 10, but really this is our first foray into commercial TV. So I feel as though, as good as we thought the show was, we weren't absolutely sure that it was going to fire. Um, so yeah it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. And, and also adding to that is the fact that there hasn't been you know, an Australian comedy on commercial TV for so many years that it was, you know, that added to its unpredictability, I guess. Sure. But, it, you know, it's funny actually this show is... You know, our, our other comedies have rated, you know, reasonably well on the whole. But I would say this show, more people knew about this show prior to it going to air than some of our other shows. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> after they'd run, you know. That's ABC, SBS, though, because I remember the old pizza days. It took about four weeks, and they re- those networks relied a lot on word of mouth, so... You know, the Moody's and that would have been like, oh, check out this. They rely on word of mouth. So pizza, after four weeks is when people kind of knew that it was out. Cause it, but Channel 9 are just, you know, they're a marketing machine. And, um, you know, I remember, like, one of the things we pushed when we first had our meeting with Jungle and, and also with Nine was um, just the different audience they're going to capture. Uh, that, that multicultural audience that isn't, hasn't been fed for so many years. 1992 was the last... Uh, multicultural show on a major network which was Acropolis Now so 
you know, I spoke to the guys at social media, they do the social media at Channel 9, and they're saying to me, we haven't seen these kind of names flicking through their their Twitters and their Facebook. So they're getting a lot of multicultural names and, and a lot of new viewers. New to the viewers and new Yeah, and I'm getting like I'm getting word from people I know that their parents are like especially um, ethnic parents, like Italian parents will watch the Italian channel, Greeks watch the Greek channel, my parents watch the Arabic channel. My dad although probably only switch into nine to watch the NRL, watch his Mighty Eels play and um, but you know, they're they're all tuning in. So this is a bigger market. This is probably why it's been a bit of a uh, a big rating um you know people have been hungry for those kind of shows so uh, 1.92 was the uh the peak that we got to in their ratings so it was pretty big compared to like you know abc and sbs that we're used to yeah the exciting thing also is that um you know big bang theory was you know rated i think what was it about the high sixes so it was a massive boost off. It was a you know a relatively yeah, so small a lead in, so yeah. it really was a massive boost when the show came yeah, on. And you so went up against the end of uh, My Kitchen Rules, I think. Yeah, it was on at the yeah. Same so that was time. another so thing a, that we it was feared, a pretty big obviously. achievement, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, My Kitchen Rules is uh, is, is bulletproof mm. at the moment. Um, still amazes me that people, that many people, love cooking shows, and um, you know it's still going strong. Uh, so yeah, it was a great achievement to lead in with. Uh, you know, from six hundreds into you know what we had. So, I and guess one, I, I guess we have a lot of first cousins. Maybe that helped. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And wanted had about one point one eight. So you know, yeah, it was a, lot a good of people, night. A lot of people, watch, was a, people was are still watching TV, Tuesday. obviously. But the way I see it is, they had one point eight on My Kitchen Rules. So seven hundred thousand dropped off from Channel Seven. So um, maybe we picked up a lot of those people. And yeah, so it's funny. It's interesting. Yeah, and I guess a lot of people record things, and I think if you record the show and watch it before 2 a.m., it counts as a as a view. So I guess a lot of people, they can watch My Kitchen Rules, record your show, then when that finishes, jump on and, and watch it, I guess. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Have you met anyone that owns a ratings box? <laughs> no. I ask everyone this question, and no one knows anyone that owns a ratings box. Who owns it? I did meet someone once who knew someone... <laughs> Who had one? So that could be a many rumor. years ago. Could be a rumor. I don't think anyone's got one anymore. I mean, there's not many. What is it? There's something that's five thousand total in Australia, three thousand in metro market. So, you know, the odds of you not... meeting someone are pretty slim. Yeah. Do you think there should be a better way than doing? Well, I'm or... sure everybody would like a better way, but well, my what is it? No one knows what it would be. My understanding, from a sampling perspective, the sample rate they've got in Australia is actually far more significant than most overseas. So you're getting a far more accurate representation in Australia than most. Oh, countries. is that right? Yeah, yeah, boys. So back off, all right? Oh, back <laughs> off <the> criticism <laughs> of the ratings. Um, have there been any formal discussions yet with Nine about a second season? Uh, look, I think <laughs> yeah. Yes. Given the success of the show, I think it's looking highly likely. Yeah, I mean, I presume you guys um, got a phone call the next morning, but. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's yeah. always been, you know, even during filming, we would have, you know, it's in the back of our minds and we're always thinking what the second series, you've got to be ready for it because, I mean, how quickly, you know, we got the green light. We had to work so fast. We, we filmed the show in five weeks, six episodes. So, um, you know, in our heads, we're, we're ticking over with ideas and what's the next series going to have and that. But um, I guess a Channel 9 would be thinking that. But I guess you've got to wait, you know. I, I'm excited about the first week, but for me... It's going to be this Tuesday coming up. Um, mm. uh, I, I feel pretty confident because I really think, you know, the, the first step is 
a challenging thing because you do have to set up the characters and the rest and set up the world. And I really think it gets uh, even stronger going forward. Um, I think you agree, Dan. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, most of us do agree. So, yeah, I feel, I feel pretty uh, safe now. And it is a big thing, you know, as a production company and as creators, you know, it's a big thing to create a new show. So you, you really want that ongoing series. Yeah, uh, with your second episode, and speaking broadly, because obviously it hasn't aired yet, uh, what's really great about the second episode is the concentration on the teenage characters. And I think really when you watch the show through their eyes, you're really seeing the strength of this show. Like when you actually see the way they engage with the larger culture and not just dealing with ideas of, um, oh, like, oh, what do I want to say, uh, dealing with sort of wealth and you know that sort of um, angle that the parents are really sort of stuck in. But you're seeing the kids, you're seeing them on the street and they're actually out there in society. That's when a show's message really cuts through. And we, do we see more of that as the series goes on? Like, is that... Yeah, you will. You'll see a lot of the uh, a lot of the kids throughout the series, um, and we get out and about in in some of the episodes. Uh, you know, a lot of it is based around the two houses, um, but you will see some shots out on um, on location. It's, you know, I think in episode two, you'll see us out on the streets. And do we see much more of Phil Lloyd beyond the second episode? Because when you guys <laughs> see this episode, it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, he's. Yeah. He, <laughs> Yeah, there could be. Um, it's good that he was in it. Uh, our head writer, if people don't know Phil, um, he did. He does a really good. Well, you'll have to see it, but he, he pulls off a good character, and um, you never know. He could be back. Excellent. Yeah, look, he was. A, he's obviously uh, the head writer and the and the showrunner. So. Um, and he worked really. He was hard. a busy guy. He, he that was. Uh, he got. He had half a day off to do that <laughs> um, scene. But yeah, it's a great scene. But uh, not in this series. Uh, it's he's in episode two only spin-off series obviously but yeah. he was he was probably like i mean myself and tar here and matt ryan Garns, you, we we always look at phil as the man of the match of the whole series because he worked so hard and you know there was times i mean i remember we wrote the first two episodes and then we had to go back to the drawing board because channel nine wanted a different angle um and then we had to pump out six episodes and then certain things in, in society occurred and we have to change endings and things like that. So what, what sort of differences were there between what Nine were originally seeking? Well, what you present and then what Nine sort of asked to be changed? Well, when we first created it, it, it was we wanted just straight comedy. We wanted, I mean, our background, Tahir and I, is, is stand-up comedy and um, we've been doing a lot of multicultural shows around the country and, and you know we've been selling out theatre shows and, and stand-up comedy shows and we know what Australia's laughing at. So we just thought, you know what, let's just do a comedy sh- TV show with just straight laughter. Um, but Channel 9 uh, want a bit of a drama, they want a bit of a love story, a bit of... They know their audience. Um, mm. So, you know, we, we take their advice and and um, and we, we this is what we have now. This is the finished product. So it's probably... it's You could call it like a drama comedy. And it was a great collaboration, you know, between Phil and... Robin to hear, you know, like in terms of just keeping the show well, authentic, a, and so much of the comedy obviously comes from these guys' personal experiences. And it's a good mix. I mean, uh, Phil's, you know, his style of writing, and and he's targeting that, uh, I guess, the Anglo angle of the show, and we've got that multicultural angle mm. and the you know the authenticity. So mixing together with Phil, uh, you know, we were there along, you know, with Phil the whole time, and uh, you know, there's been some backlash that. All the writers were Anglo, but no, they weren't. Um, they're all good writers, but we were there with them. So, you know, we, we, we gave advice, and so we're a good team. So there's a lot of people out there trying to criticise, a lot of haters, but who cares? Even if it was, let's just say it was white mm. writers only. 
they've come up with a good show. Yeah. But they had a, they had some ethnics behind them, um, uh, you know, throwing some garlic into the mix. So. Well, give us a bit of the background for, from from you and your colleagues and and the sort of coming together with, I guess, Jungle. Because in the past, I mean, we've had the Moody's, um, no activity last year for Stan. Um, you've almost had your own sort of a fairly close-knit group of, of actors and writers that worked on your stuff. Am I right in saying this is the broadest you've sort of gone out? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, elegant gentlemen, we did go out. You know, we invited scripts from a whole bunch of writers. But, um, yeah, look, it's been a great, you know, this, uh, you know, we've gone out in a different way. But, um, yeah, look, it's just been a great experience to, you know, work. We, we had how many different writers? We've had four different writers on this show. And as well as Robin Tahir, um and it has been a great experience to, you know, work with new writers because as a company, there's only so many shows you can do with um, your own writers. And there haven't been enough. What, what's so exciting about, you know, having an ongoing comedy series like this on Nine is that there's really not enough comedies going on that have long runs so that these writers can really refine their craft over a long period of time you know you've got lots of different abc comedies that have happened over time and typically they run for two seasons the occasional comedy right might run for longer maybe three but very rarely i mean i can't think of the last one that ran for longer than that but you know so the exciting thing you know i'm very excited not only to in the hope that this will kind of um, uh, inspire other, you know, the other networks to also do comedy, but also to have a long-running series when we can build up the skills of these writers, because you know, there there were some great writers on this show, and if we can have a, like a permanent writers' room working on a show like that, then that's you know, it's great for comedy generally in this country, you know. Yeah, yeah. Rob had, had you know, the, the link between you and um. I did a short film for Ben Davies, which I never, I've been asked to do a lot of short films, but I thought, you know, I, I looked at this cast and crew and I think the cameraman was from Red Dog and we had Carmen Duncan was in this short film and I'm thinking, you know, there's some names in this, sh- this short film that, you know, have some, uh, some good reputations and I, I just wanted to try something different. I've been part of um, the Paul Fennick uh, regime for 16 years and um, I just wanted to give something else a go um, just just to test myself because I've been playing that character for so long and so yes yeah, so I played a uh, surprisingly a bikey and um, <laughs> so I got casted as a bikey um, and uh, did the short film and I kept hinting to Ben because I knew he was the creator of Bondi Rescue and his you know backgrounds documentaries and so and I kept saying, I want to do a documentary on Lebanon. I want to do a comedy documentary where, you know, like Faraz the Rainey and myself go back to Lebanon and in a bit like a Hamish and Andy style travel show and, and just, just do it, you know, our experiences. But, um, and he kept saying, yep, no worries, just come, you know, come see me next year. And so then I get a call to do a, a cameo on Bondi Rescue, which was, uh, you know, uh, one of their, one of their hit, Episodes where I just terrorised the, uh, the the lifeguards. I was on the beach for three hours and just really made life tough for them, which is <laughs> quite funny. And um, 
And then I just kept reminding him about that travel show that I wanted to do. And he told me, come in and see me in the office and uh, went in there. And so we kind of pitched. He actually tried pitching it. And um, and, and they said no to it. The network said no to it. And, well, we're not ready for that yet. And then I said, oh, okay, well, can I bring Tahir in, my mate Tahir? Because Tahir's always coming up with ideas. And, you know, we've always got ideas in our heads. But we don't like writing scripts or pilots. We don't want to do a pilot. We want someone to say... I like that idea and that's it you know and then give us give us the funding and we'll do it for you you know because we're that confident in our work so we we pitched a couple of things to him and ben really liked the um i guess the which is the concept of here come the habibs like that idea lebanese family wins lotto and moves to the eastern suburbs so we started working on that working on it and um yeah so then jungle came into the mix and and things started getting a little bit more serious and um yeah, it's quite funny. It's just, and then it, then Channel Nine, which we didn't think Channel Nine would go for it. So, but we we, we made this nice booklet. Um, uh, it was about twelve pages, AJ. So I think there's a colour booklet with, um, you know, photos and, and and synopsis and things like that. And um, and we sent it off to Channel Nine. And the story from Channel Nine is um, Andy Ryan got it on his desk, opened his mail up, and pulled out this booklet. Fell in love with it straight away got out of his desk, this is what they've told me, walked over to Joe Rooney, which is his other head of drama, and she was walking over his office with the same booklet. So they were both, <laughs> they saw this, and how good is this? We love it. And um, yeah, and they, they went ahead with it. So we never did a pilot, and we never did a script, which is what we always dreamt of, and um, they liked it. So hats off to Channel 9 for going for a local uh, production, and especially a multicultural show. It's, it's a risky, because, I mean... A lot of production companies, a lot of networks don't go down that road. They never have. And um, I guess it was a big risk for Channel 9. But we we all were always confident because we knew that there's a big market out there. And, um, yeah, now we're seeing the success of it, which was last Tuesday night. Yeah, and particularly with the number of comedies that have failed on commercial networks in the past, like, mm. it was a huge risk for them, you know. So, yeah, the, um, yeah. I mean, the primary channels in particular like going with mainstream big production houses in general, maybe nine more so than the others, because I guess one of their concerns is, look, we've got to have this stuff delivered. That's a big business. It really depends on that content they can't afford, you know, so they, they need trusted partners. So. Well, I remember, yeah, well, I remember the, the excitement of Channel 9 when they knew Jungle was on the mix. Okay. Like, that was like... I walked out. I remember, I remember saying, "Oh my God, they just loved you guys." Like I didn't, because I didn't. You know, I don't really look into production companies. I'm just. But when they knew Jungle were on board, that was. You know, they're the new kids on the block. They're the, uh, the. Uh, you know, well, they've made a name for themselves now. Yeah, but I guess you've got a track record of of delivering and and stuff like that, which is a, a big factor in it, isn't it? Sure, creative is important, but you've also got to be able to deliver this this finished product, right? Yeah, totally. No, they were great and. Yeah, they were fans of our shows, and um, and so it. I felt from that it was going to be a good process. Um, they're really smart operators. Oh, it's been yeah. uh, the whole, you know, Andy and Joe, and, and, um, and the living. whole team, and the marketing team. Like it's, a, it, they're they're a bunch of really smart. Have operators. you both got maybe a slightly different idea of mainstream TV now? Because you were both, all due respect more fringe players at the ABC, at SBS, and you maybe had an idea of what network TV was like. Is that, is it giving you a, getting inside there now? Is it, it's, you know, is it giving you a different perspective at all? It's, uh, look, it, uh, I wasn't 
it's been great to make a show for a commercial network that we really like, you know, mm. and that's and that the audience really appreciates as well. Um, yeah, so it's kind of you know, it's, it, it's you know, there's there's so many limited opportun there's limited opportunities with ABC doing most of the comedies. Um, so yeah, it's pretty exciting as a company that specialises in comedy. You know, it's starting to broaden out. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, obviously, Jungle Operate as well in terms of creative for advertising. Um, is there anything about the experiences that you've had in crafting sort of narrative comedies that have actually informed the advertising creative a little bit more as well? And has the Habibs and this experience maybe sort of got the juices flowing in a different direction? Yeah, there's definitely... Um, uh, there is definitely crossover between the two sides of the business, the, our TV and film and the um, advertising side of the business. I can't think of it a specific example where it's inspired a particularly... You know, we don't come up with advertising ideas. We're, we're the production company. Yeah, sure. So, the so you don't have a creative at all or it's... Uh, look, it depends on the project. We certainly... But the on the commercial side of the business, the advertising agency writes the scripts. Yeah. And then... You know, we definitely add value to those scripts and depending on the project, particularly if it's sort of longer form branded content, then we'll be more involved in the scripting. Um, but there's definite crossover like with talent. Talent we discover on the advertising business ends up in our, you know, television productions and vice versa. Um, you know, directors that we've worked with in commercials have come across to our long form work and vice versa so um so yeah good, there's lots of it's a good point you say that because I, I i was on talkback radio the other night and um and that was one of the things i said i said uh, i hope this opens people's eyes especially like marketing advertising companies and because a lot of adver advertisements and tv commercials you see are very home and away mm. and, and um like all of them. Well, yeah. Well, you know, like, and I'm not, and we, we didn't write, we didn't do this show because we, Tahir and I said, you know what, we should do a show because we want to push diversity on Australian So We didn't do that. We just said we want to do a comedy show. But now, I mean, it's now opening people's eyes to Australia and, and what we have out there. And um, yeah, I, I mean, from a business point of view, I think it's. I don't know why. So there's people lots don't, of learnings for these guys yeah, to watch the show and the reaction to it, right? I still so don't like, know why. Big people, opportunities for for someone to be a first mover, maybe. Well, well yeah, totally, and yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like, it just I don't, as a on a business point of view, I don't know why companies don't look. I, let's talk about Sydney. A lot of companies target this side of the Anzac Bridge, the city side, you know, and um, I don't know. People go out on the other side of the western suburbs and have a look around. It's such a rich area of full you know i think you're in withdrawal systems don't worry we, we won't keep you over here much longer <laughs> yeah. no i just think i, I, I look know you want to get back to the west no nah, it's cool <laughs> i am a westie and i'm still there but i'm proud of it but you know i just look growing up i was a big fan of acropolis now i watched nick Giannopoulos's stage show at the Enmore theater i watched it four times i took i was about 18 years old and i took four different groups because i was so proud of this show that was on stage and and a lot of people did that so this is what's happening now with the habibs a lot of people are so pumped about it of na different nationalities. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're showing their parents. They, they. I've had that many messages of people having a Habib's night <laughs> before they, they get together on a Tuesday night. It's only been one night, but can you believe we're having gatherings now on a Tuesday night? 
they'll be a few more watching next Habibs. week. <laughs> so I think, yeah, hashtag um, Habibs, Habibs Day, I guess. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's fun, you know, it's exciting. It's a new, new ground. If, it's, go on. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, it is true that too many people who write ads and too many people who make film and TV live in Surrey Hills in the eastern suburbs, you know. And, you know it's but which shouldn't really be uh, blind you to all this other stuff, really, should it? I mean, I know you do take in your own experience, yeah. but it shouldn't really guide you completely, should it, I guess? No, exactly. No, no. Tell me if there's more demand for, for the Habibs this year. Uh, are you guys up for the challenge? Because you've obviously got doing other stuff. You're, you're a pretty busy guy, Rob, doing um, your, your live stuff. Um, you, I think you're still working with Paul Fennick on stuff, aren't you? Man? Oh, not at the moment with Paulie. Um, I think he's, Is there I a movie that's yet to come out? Or Oh, he did one movie not long ago called Dumb Criminals. Yeah. It was just a Is small, that be- oh, it a wasn't a, cameo. Oh, okay. So I probably kind of finished up with the Housos. I mean, I'm always my phone's always there if, if anyone wants to use me. But, um, you know... My head's focused on the Habibs. We're that confident that there will be a second series. So if we get a green light, I think we'll be straight into it and probably filming, I'm guessing, the way we did it for this series, you know, October, November, and then have it out by the start of rating period. Did the production... Go on. You're still available on Gumtree for <laughs> yeah. extras and yeah, I'm available for everything. small parts. So uh, just get me on the website. Um, <laughs> no, just joking. Well, no, if people want to get in touch. So you got your own website? Sorry, Did yeah, I do. RobShahady.com. Yep. Okay. And you're pretty active on the Twitter. Yeah, I love my social media. I like seeing what people are talking about. I don't react to any of the uh, negativity um, that's out there, but um, it's just nice to see what people are uh, talking about. And, you know, you've got to be in touch as well if you just live in your little world and don't see what people are talking about. We're in a different lifestyle now. Social media controls everything. And um, it's a bit sad, though, because some of these people on social media have a big say. and they don't have many followers. I don't know how some of these people escalate into... Well, just on that, so there was a lot of conversation on social media about the racism of the Habibs. Obviously, lots of people hadn't seen the show by then. I think when you watch it, it really is quite a different experience, largely. Um, but how are you sort of feeling? Sort of, were you getting nervous in a couple of days leading up, just based on that conversation? No, I wasn't nervous. I was actually disappointed that um, we were copying that. Uh, you know, being born in Australia... Um, you know, proud Australian, played for my country in rugby union. You know, you can't get more Aussie than me. Like, if someone wants to call me a, a, a lebo and get out of here, go back to your own country, then I'll, I'll give So, did you play rugby union? Rep? Yeah, I played uh, like uh, I was like junior wallabies, under wow. 21s, under 19s, and schoolboys. So, you know, my uncle captained the wallabies in the 50s. I mean, you, you know, Lebanese have been in this country, uh, we stretched back at, 100, at least 135 years. So, it disappoints me that people get on social media and, and think, and, you know, they just know these people that just sit in their lounge room and just trying to make these comments and looking at a show called Here Come the Habibs. When you look on other networks, which I, I still can't pinpoint what the issue was. I can't pinpoint are they ha- not, not happy because it's got the word Habib in it? Is it a show about a Lebanese family they're not happy with? Is it because Channel Nine are doing it? Because you know, I said on the uh, on, a, on a radio, I've said on a couple of interviews, if this show was called "Here Come the Sullivans," <laughs> I don't think we'd be getting this kind of attention. You know, I mean, Jace will probably agree with me. We don't get, we wouldn't, no one would be blinking an eye. And um, you know, that's why it disappoints me a bit. Um, and is it only SBS and ABC that can have an ethnic comedy on their network? Why can't Channel Nine do it? So. You know, we've got to look at... You, and I'm proud of the guys, all of us, the creators and the production company, because 
people got to remember we've just given at least 150 jobs to people out there that weren't working i mean there's cameramen there's makeup artists there's actors you know we channel nine have given a local pro, uh, production the green light so that's a that i take my hat my hat off to uh, channel nine for doing that so because a lot of networks are still looking at overseas shows and so that's what i'm proud of also i mean you know the more ethnic people are on our screens on shows like this the more training they get you know, uh, we have a girl called Fadia, who was a director's attachment on the show, who um, who added incredible value to the show. And, um, you know, it's a great experience for her. There just aren't enough shows. And for the, you know, for the Lebanese cast, predominantly Lebanese cast, you know, it's a great training ground for them. You know? well, they, and I hope... Yeah. Well, we, I mean, like I said before, I played a bikey in the short film, but... You know, I'm, you get a bit fed up when you just get auditioned to try out for a criminal or a bikey. I, I want to play a doctor one time. That's my dream. <laughs> I was going to ask you. So, but do you really worry sometimes you're sort of typecast and, yeah, and sort of. You know. I mean, I've been typecast. I mean, I, you know, I've played a tracksuit character in Fat Pizza for so many years and Housos and so on. Um, you know, I don't think I'm typecasted. I think. People now know that Rob Shahadi is Rob Shahadi, and the character that he played on Fat Pizza was just the character. But, but do you, you ever go you? to like auditions and just think, "Oh, look, no matter how good I am, I'm, I just I don't like no, going. I'm going to yeah, get this. I don't like going to them. I'm a, I just feel like if they really want me, then they'll like they'll they'll really ask for me. If you know what I mean? Because I sometimes I go to these. It's just like they're just filling up the numbers, and I just walk in. I'm thinking, "What am I doing? I'm, I know I'm not going to. Usually, the the, the people auditioning they know what they want they've got a specific look in mind that they want and and most of the time i don't i wouldn't fit that and same with the guys that are in the show you know these guys i mean tyler denawi he come off the principal for example which was a heavily middle eastern Mm. you know drama and um you know playing uh, of course another middle eastern role so um you know yeah so comedy is just a stepping stone to you playing a doctor on a soap opera (laughs) yes (laughs) I just want to be a doctor. What a dream. I think I'd be a great doctor. You might have to pitch your own program, though, yeah, to yeah. do it. Wog, wog doctors. Take, take advantage of some of the heat you've got at uh, the moment. The and, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take a meeting with you now, mate. You know, no, I heard that the day up, the, the night, that yesterday, you know, the morning after it went to air, at 10 past nine, one of the networks received a uh, pitch for a... Uh, Lebanese game show. <laughs> How does the Lebanese game show work exactly? Uh, I have no idea. Family <laughs> Feud, <laughs> mate. That's a Lebanese game show. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the arguments on that. It would be quite funny. But, you know, I, I could come up with, like, not flying doctors, like burnout doctors. Um, <laughs> ambulances are done up. And, um, you know, so yeah, there you go. I've got an idea right there. Yeah. Just give us some, a, a little insight um, into making the program. I mean, when you make a TV show, are there... Is it basically there are costs and, and and that's how it works, or can you do? I mean, I'm guessing Paul Fennick might have been the king of king of cheap. With all due respect to Paul, like you know, you guys. I mean, at the ABC, did you have sort of reasonable budgets and do commercial TV spend more, or are there, you know, is there basic costs that everybody is stuck with? Yeah, look, I mean, this particular show with its, you know, it's a big ensemble cast, um, big locations, obviously, um, big set dressing. So it's not a cheap show. So would this would be your biggest budget program for, for Jungle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I won't ask you how much. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you had um, a bit. You know, what but we, then you had bigger. You had more money, but you had bigger costs. Yeah, and we didn't. Uh, we didn't have to squabble over the budget. You know, mm-hmm. they were willing to. They were excited about the show, and they wanted to pay the right price to make it a good show. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You didn't all high five yourself after you shut the door and go, "Whoa, <laughs> Jeez, that was easy." <laughs> God, these guys are suckers. Uh, just on the topic of jungle, uh, obviously there's been a lot of success overseas with the sale of the review format. Have you guys considered reviving Review with Miles Barlow just for you know try to capitalise on that? Yeah, we have had a request to. Uh, You've been getting my the then. show. Um, you know, Trent and Phil, my partners who created that show, they were, uh, you know, they did two seasons and they're keen to move on to other things. Yeah. yeah. It's one of these great Australian comedies that no one ever saw. It's true, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a phenomenal show. That's what yeah. we specialise in. <laughs> <laughs> it feels a bit uncomfortable for someone to be, so many people to be watching our shows. Before we let you guys go, I mean, hopefully so more Habibs. Um, Rob, have you got other stuff sort of you've been working on that we might get to see or have you got projects that you'd like to get up that, that you think are pretty good? Or Yeah, we're, um, you know, we're, even before this show, we, we've got a list of ideas. It's just a matter of timing and pitching it the right way and, and, and getting it out to the right people. Um, yeah, no, you know. Being drunk with the right person. It's, it's, yeah, it's like we're on... We're a bit, of a bit on hold at the moment, just waiting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks and, and if we get a green light, because the, we'll be straight back into it, writing and, and then back into filming. So this year will be pretty filled up with um, Habib hysteria. So, yeah, no, we've we, we got a lot to uh, offer Australia. It's just a matter of um, when we offload it. Okay, and there's no other Paul Fennick stuff in the works, really, that, that you're Paul, with? Because there was a Bogan Hunters. That, yeah. And there hasn't been a... Has there been that... Oh, you were a judge too? in Bogan Hunters. I was a judge on it. Yeah, it was on, that was on Channel 7, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I haven't really... I'm not sure what Paul has got planned, but you know what he's like. He's always got something he can come up with. He's a bit of a genius in what he does and how he does it. And mm. uh, Is his relationship with SBS sort of over, do you think, or...? Oh, they, they they always say there's a shaky relationship there, but I don't believe it because I, they always come back to well, him. Well, they did, but I used to get the feeling they were almost a little bit embarrassed at times about the success of some of that stuff because yeah. they loved it because it had bring in the audiences, but then at the same time it was... Well, that's, yeah, well, that that was, was that's bit, what bugs me a bit with the... Uh, like, the industry look at shows. Like, the industry never gave Fat Pizza or Houses like... Yeah, I understand why they don't like it, mm. um, but he's got, a, he's got an audience out there and, and a cult following... Even to this day, I get people going crazy over Fat Pizza and remembering it. You know, even Rebel Wilson, even when she's winning that big Oscar or whatever she's going to win, they're always going to remind her that she was the girl on Fat Pizza because, you know... Well, for, uh, I mean, they, some people could see yeah. the potential. I know Today Tonight used to love you guys because yeah, they thought it... it they, <laughs> because they go out and do a story on it because they, they knew a lot of their audience would be interested and, yeah. and were watching, you know. So Houses has been massive, um, you know, so that's when I, I guess you got to look at the Habibs and Fat Pizza and Houses. That's what I call real Australia. You know, the Aussie Battler, the Aussie Bogans, the Ethnics. That's what TV networks should look at, and companies that are doing marketing and advertising, because that's where the that's real Australia. That's what I call real Australia. Um, uh, the good old Aussie Battlers. So um, that's why Paul Fennick probably is a success in in who he targets. It's funny, it's, you know, it's surprising the networks have, haven't paid more attention to that. But the same thing's happening in the US, you know, 
with the success of um, ethnic comedies like uh, Fresh Off the Boat and stuff like that? Well, everybody loves Raymond, you'd say, was a, an Italian family. So that was a bit of a multicultural feel. Not as much, but um, that, that was a success. Um, you know, I'd love to be on Home and Away as a Lebanese guy. I would probably knock the caravan park down and build units. <laughs> That's what I would probably do. <laughs> well, it's going to happen one day. So you, you might as well be the person to do it. Jason, uh, let's not think about that. Jungle, <laughs> trying not to. What, what else is on the go at Jungle this year? Do you think? Uh, um, there's some things like we don't know about yet that you'd like to get up. That um, oh look, yeah, we definitely have. Uh, we've got a couple of projects um, that uh, networks are. Um, enthusiastic about but um yeah nothing to announce yet we've also got a couple of film projects in development uh that you know where screen australia have funded that development um but they're still a while away does i mean in the early days of your business i don't want to get too deep into this but you mentioned before to dan about the the advertising side and the sort of uh, i guess the, the the drama the tv series was that sort of funding, was with the advertising funding a little bit, you, you move into this now, in, in originally into sort of drama and, and comedy, and how do you treat it now? Are they completely separate business units and, and everything's got to stand on its own merits? Yeah, totally. I mean, when I first started Jungle Boys, in the, you know, in the first 12 months, we, um, we did get one half-hour comedy documentary up, and then I think we made $10,000 for that, and then... We had a comedy pilot at Channel 10 that after six months fell over. Um, so then we went, uh, started doing advertising work, uh, commercial work. So it took us a while to get back to doing TV. Um, but the advertising, you know, building up that advertising business definitely gave us the financial freedom to start spending some time developing TV shows. Yeah. 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 It definitely, and, and in those early days, it certainly fills the gap between shows as well. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. All right, look, uh, might leave it that. Dan, you got any other sort uh, of just anything one, you want to end on? Just one they? final thing. Uh, just talking about Jungle, uh, you did go through the name brand about two months ago, three months ago now, I think. Yeah, that's right. my calendar. Uh, just three months on, like, what's the sort of general thinking about it? Like, does anyone even really think about the sort of name change, like... Because uh, obviously there was a diversity um, issue as well where the name change really happened because you brought a lady on to be a partner in the company, I believe. Yeah, Chloe Rickard, yeah. who, um, was, uh, who's been with us now for, uh, you know, something like eight years now, she became a partner. And we've obviously also got a lot of, you know, women in the office, so... Mm. Uh, it wasn't all just Jungle Boys. It wasn't all just Jungle Boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still occasionally myself call it that because it's... Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's been a really good change. And I think it's, you know, it did... We've been meaning to make the change for a long time. and uh, But it's one of those things that's just sort of... It just... It's, it's a bit of a, you know, it's obviously a bit of a job to change. Um, so... And it was nice when when we finally did decide to make the change. Um, all this other gender stuff happened uh, at you know first the Australian Directors Guild, then Screen New South Wales, then Screen Australia, and it all happened in a really short period of time. So 
yeah, it was a nice coincidence that it kind of coincided with that. And it's our sort of little contribution to trying to, to, trying to um, you know, address the imbalance. And, you know, we do have too many male directors, as do most production companies. And, you know, we're trying to make a concerted effort through our Operation Sheena program um, to bring more female creatives into the company, more female projects um we've got you know two female-led films and two female-led tv programs in development at the moment so uh yeah hopefully we can continue to build on that fantastic all right look uh thanks again for coming in guys it'd be uh, great to get you uh, later this year either talk about this again or some of the other exciting things you're up to so rob shahady jason burrows thanks guys thank you thanks a lot guys This has been another Media Week podcast produced with the assistance of Abe's Audio. If you like this podcast, find more at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at MediaWeekAUS.